Thank you for listening to this message from the Bridge Metro West in Natick, Massachusetts. Paul David Gidry is the senior pastor at the Bridge. For more information about the Bridge Metro West family, our gatherings and events, visit www.bridgemetrowest.com or call us at 508-651-0277. We are serving a feast for you today as Miss Natalie Crawford is coming forward. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. I'm going to give you that. And it's on. Yeah, she's ready to roll. So Good morning, you ready? everyone. Go um, I thank you for, you know, just the clapping of the hands. But now if we can just stand, those of us here on house, in-house, and those on the joining us virtually, let us just take a couple of minutes to thank God, either for something that he has done or something that you are expecting for him to do. Let us use our thanksgiving, our praise, and our worship to bring public shame to the enemy. Because when we are praising God and thanking him, we are taking the attention off of ourselves. We're taking the attention off of what the enemy is doing and we are putting the attention upon God and this brings public shame to the enemy. So Father, we just thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for this day that you have made, God. We are in the second week of a new year and Lord, we don't take it for granted that we are here when so many didn't even make it. God, even when we were sitting and praising today, someone took their last breath, but we thank you that we are still here to give you praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah. We are thanking you for the finished work of the cross and everything that made it possible for us to have full access to you. We are thanking you for the unlimited, unhindered access that we have to to come into your presence, God. We are thanking you for your faithfulness as we heard the song just now, that in those times when we were in our low place, God, that your word that says that every low place will be exalted, you exalted us in those low places, and God, when we were standing before you with the mountains in front of us, God, you brought the mountains down. So God, we just say thank you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your faithfulness, your commitment to us, God, and your investment in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Daddy. And God, I just thank you for the word right now, the flow of your word. I thank you for the release of your word. I thank you right now, God, for just releasing your Holy Spirit, for helping me to be focused, God, for helping me to be in step with your Holy Spirit. God, you have free license, free reign to come in and move the way you want to do. God, I pray that this word will be released with precision, Father, and clarity. I take authority over every Leviathan spirit that would try to twist the word. We declare today that this word will be heard the way that you intended and that it would not be twisted in any way in the name of Jesus. God, let this word be released not to impress, but to impact and to transform in Jesus' name. So good morning, Bridge family. 
online and on house, I bring greetings and blessings to you in the absence of our um, Pastor Paul, Apostle Paul. Um, I thank God for the opportunity to stand before you, and I don't ever take it lightly when I have to stand before the people of God and to, you know, release a word, and I just pray that this word would be impactful and transformative as I pray. Just one point of clarification regarding the meeting on, this, on January 22nd. So we now have an integrative ministry team, and that team consists of those who are serving, given prayer at the altar, those who are given prayer online, those who are given prophetic exhortation, dream interpretation, those who are doing healing, whether it is in person or whether it is online, uh, given, uh, working with individuals who need healing in different areas of their lives. So it's all of those. And then, of course, those who are serving, currently serving on our elite IT team, who, if it was not for them, they make it possible for us to be able to do what we're supposed to do. They're faithful, and, you know, they're very good at what they're doing. They're excellent at what they're doing. So if you're interested, if you're not serving in any of these capacities, but you're interested in, in serving in these capacities, just come and hear what we're saying, uh, what we have to share, what God is doing. There's a shift. There's a new thing that is happening. And so it's starting with the integrative ministry because we recognize that prayer and healing and deliverance and prophetic exhortation, that is the foundation of this house. We need to latest foundation so that those that are here that we're that that are being trained and 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 um the word is being released to them and they're being prepared that they would have that foundation of course we are praying and we're covering for this house we're hearing god we are warring on the behalf of the leadership and on the behalf of the members okay so here we go you know i consider it such a blessing. I just thank God for this house. Actually, on uh, January 22nd would be uh, five years that I have <laughs> started really officially being a part of this ministry. And I just thank God for what I've seen, um, you know, for all that he has done. I thank God for the rich word, the revelatory teaching that we receive in this house. Um, from our apostle and from others that have stand in this pulpit, Pastor Verna, um, Pastor Manny, and the others from HIM that has come. We, I thank God for that because believe me, I have been to other places and you can't take it for granted. Um, so this past year, we received many significant words from God that were released by those who stood in this pulpit. And while I have, um, you know, while I, I've been still, like usually when I hear the word, I'm listening to it and I'm either, if, if, I, if there's something that said that, I, that I'm walking in, I'm saying, Lord, help me to continue, help me to advance and do better. And if I'm not there, I'm saying, God, help me to get to where I need to be. So I've been still and I've been attentive and reflecting on the words because the importance is that we need to appropriately steward the word that we hear. 
every word that you hear, you're accountable for it. That's why I'm, I'm not quick to run into prophetic lines. Like I've only had one prophetic word since in the five years that I've been in this house, I've only signed up to get one prophetic word. And this is not that I haven't had prophetic words because Pastor Verna, like every year at a certain time towards the end of the year, she'll start praying and she's hearing God uh, because she is my mentor. She's the one that has really poured into me. And so she's always hearing God in this place of hearing God. So I received that prophetic word, but I don't sign up for a prophetic word because every word that you hear and receive, you are responsible to store it and to do something with it. And so that's the thing where I, this past year when we're hearing the word and I do it all the time, I have been appropriately just being in this place to reflect so that I can store that word for activation in my life. It's not enough to be inspired and to be enamored with the word of God, but we need to receive the word, to store it, to activate it in our lives. And when we don't understand what God is saying, we need to go back over that word and we need to be in his face asking him to give us understanding and revelation on what he is saying. So there were three Words. I mean, all of the words were powerful, impactful, but there were three words this year through towards the end of this year that were specifically amplified in my heart as we, are, as we were preparing to exit 2021 and enter into 2022. And so the first word was released through Pastor Manny on November 21st. And that word was titled, It's Time to Arise. Um, and so uh, uh, I, I'm not going to, I have a couple of excerpts, but I'm not going to go through the whole thing in the interest of time. But one of the things that he said was that we are living in the midst of a crazy broken world. And we know that these past couple of years has been just insane. Um, but he reminded us that we are serving a God who sits on the throne and he has empowered us. He not just the person next to us, but he has empowered us to stand in the midst of the darkness, to stand in the brokenness and to actually say, here I am, Lord. So that was one of the things that he had shared. And then one of the things that he had said was that the bridge is an apostolic center that the Lord has called us to a ministry, to be a ministry to ministries that there's a grace upon the bridge. He says it's important that we know that, that it's no accident and that we must assess all that is hindering us from moving in the grace and call that's on our lives. There, he said there's a purpose and a call upon the bridge that the Lord is calling us to walk into. And he said, until we walk into that, we miss God. And the other thing he said that we are called out from amongst the world so that we can gather together to be filled by the spirit and then go back to the world and allow its light to shine. He said, it's time to arise. He reiterated that. So I've listened to that word many times because I believe that when God speaks a word that calls us to action, we must give special attention and respond. Don't just be sitting passive because when you stand before God, you have to give an account for every single thing, good or bad. So you're in, 
inactivity, you have to give an account for that. Your excuses, your rationalization on why you can't do things, you have to give an account for that. I have to give an account for it. We have to give an account for it. So I've prayed through that word and I've asked God, I said, what should I be doing individually and what should we be doing at the bridge corporately? Because I, you know, I came to the bridge and I was just loving just sitting here in the word, mingling here and there and then off I go until I got arrested and had to step into leadership. But I did hear, and I knew that that was going to come because I remember I was in a, at a service one night. Someone, I forgot who it was that was here visiting us. It was when we were doing those weekend like gatherings. And I heard the Lord said, the eagles has landed. It's time to work. I had heard that before I was asked um, to even step into leadership. And I knew it was for me because we were part, I was part of the Soaring Eagles and, um, you know, I, I, I just knew, I, I just knew. So anyway, now that I've stepped into leadership, there is a commitment, there's an investment as far as this house is concerned that I am putting in because I did not call myself to that place. God just highlighted me to the leader of this house and has placed me in this place. So even though that I, you know, honor, respect, and, and more or less report to the leader of this house, I'm accountable to God. And even like I say that on my job to, to the, whoever's sitting in the deanship at, in, the, in the school of nursing, I said, yep, I report to you, but I'm accountable to God. So being accountable to God, then I'm focusing on what I'm supposed to do. So I have prayed through the word and I asked God what should we be doing individually and corporately in response to the mandate that he has given and assigned us to do. I've been reading, I've read through the book of Acts um, because that was one of those places where you could see the start of the church. And I've been reading books about apostolic centers so that I can get, I want to get a clearer understanding of the structure and the responsibility um, of the apostolic center and the role of leadership. And in my study so far, one of the things that I've learned is the apostolic center, it focuses on training people to do ministry and to fulfill their destiny. And the apostles' vision is to mobilize an army to invade, occupy, and transform their region and sphere of influence. And I could see that God has started working in this house, especially with the integrative ministry team. We have a uh, Donna, we have Cindy, and we have so many others. Um, we have Nancy. There have been doing consistent training on, you know, with Ken Fish that relates to healing and deliverance. There are other ones that they're feeling like there's a call to more. There are other ones that are stepping out and moving forward in what they're supposed to do. God is speaking to us. God is 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 pressing on the intercessors. Uh, and we're hearing snippets of that. 
And so he's preparing us, the foundation of the house, because then it is incumbent upon us to impart and to pour in to everyone in this house. If we're going to be training others and launching them out for ministry, it has to start in this house. It has to start with us. We have to be trained. We have to be ready. We have to be prepared to do that. So the second word was the last prophetic word that was released through uh, Pastor Verna on December 9th. And on that day, uh, I mean, and, and what she said on that day was she said to get ready for the double. That, that was pretty much the title of the prophetic word. But she says, we've experienced God in 2021 in a way that we know him better than we did the previous year. So we know better because of the experience that we've had last year and the year before. The other thing she said is that even though she says, we're not exempt from trouble, but we just know how to lean on God through trouble. And so she said, we will be walking in 2022 in a, diff, in a double anointing. She said, God is there to bring us all the way into 2022. That the disappointment will turn into great joy, a dance in our step, a dance in our praise, a dance in our hallelujah, because he's bringing us into 2022. So just, I'm just pulling excerpts of the, of the, the messages, but I encourage you all to take the time, thank God for technology, to go back to go back and listen again, because I have been doing that. She says, we're not going by ourselves into 2022, and we're not looking at things that have held us back, but we are looking at God because he is not pulling us into 2022. He is walking with us in 2022. And then she says, he controls 2022, and he calls it double for the bridge the bridge. She didn't say he calls it double for the house of God, the church or whatever. Specifically for the bridge, God is saying he's calling this year double for us. He is handing out double for our trouble. He's doubling the bank account. He's doubling the joy. He's doubling our efforts. He is the one that can double and deliver. And then she said, get ready for the double portion because God is doing it. So on the day that that word was released through Pastor Verna, there was cheering and clapping because it was a good word, like Pastor Paul always said, and there was much rejoicing. There was much rejoicing. And, you know, this was a word of encouragement and hope and joy for us and for what was to come. And rightfully so, because that's what the prophetic word is all about. It's to encourage and comfort and edify and she, you know, Pastor Verna, move in that flow. So I'm praying through this word and I'm seeking God again on how um, the bridge can be positioned individually and corporately to receive and not miss the double that he has promised. So following that prophetic word was the last word of the year that we received from our leader, um, which was the teaching word. Um, and, and this word was pretty much more or less built on what Pastor Verna had said. Um, and his title was crossing over. So when I took all those three words in totality, what I was hearing God said was, the Bridge family arise, get in position to cross over. 
Be encouraged to know that I am not sending you into 2022. I'm walking with you in 2022. And not only that, but I am also giving you a double portion of what you will need to carry out the assignment I am calling you to in 2022. That's what I heard when I took those three words together. So to me, these words, when I, when I listened and I, I just pondered those words, I thought of Moses when he gave his address in Deuteronomy. They were getting ready to get out of the desert. And as you will re- re- recall, they were getting ready to get out of the wilderness. And you, as you will recall, the, the, I spoke a word in uh, July, I believe, about not despising your wilderness. But at the end of that word, I said, the wilderness is not a place where you stay. It is, it's just a temporary place. And so I felt like these words taken together, it was like Mo, uh, Moses was preparing the children of Israel for the crossing over. And then I was reminded of Joshua when God was speaking to Joshua because they need to get ready to cross over. And he was just encouraging Joshua to know, I am with you. And that's what the Lord is saying to the bridge. So we have no excuse. God is letting us know he is with us. So we, we're excited um, that God is walking with us in the 2022. We, that he has promised to hand out double for our trouble, that he's doubling the bank account, that he's doubling our joy and our efforts. We're excited to get ready for the double portion. However, in all of this excitement of what's to come, we must ask ourselves, why the double? What is it for? And in asking ourselves this question, we must not forget the call to action and the previous word spoken by Pastor Manny. And that's the title of this message, A Call to Action. The word he spoke was that we must arise, that we're called to be an apostolic center, a ministry to other ministries. What will this require of us? And how must we be positioned to walk in this call and execute our individual and corporate assignments? So these are the things that we need to be thinking about and that we need to be pondering on. Um, Because, you know, Pastor Paul, he said we must walk slowly into 2022 because we've got to observe all of the things that have transpired around us because that will give us the grace to navigate the season that is to come. And he said, we are really excited when we talk about a double anointing, but where the anointing is given, there's a responsibility that is assumed. Where grace is given, there's a responsibility that is assumed. And so with all the excitement and all that is being said, we have to know that there has to be a call to action and there has to be a responsibility. And he said that God wants us to co-labor with him to expand the kingdom beyond its current borders, expand beyond where the bridge is. Um, The other thing he says is that to cross over is to pass through the narrow place. So that's not going to be easy. And then he says, not every place that God leads us to will appear to have a victorious outcome when we get there. But he said, if we stay in him, we will cross over. So, in praying through um, 
Pastor Manny's word, because that's the one I've really started, had started pressing on before because it came in November. And a couple of, like maybe a week or two after he spoke his word, um, the, I heard the, the Holy Spirit say to walk in the fullness. I said, God, what is it that we have to do to really begin to move in this word, this arising, this call to arise, this call to action? And he said, to walk in the fullness of, of the call and assignment of and God has purpose for the bridge. And when I say this, I mean corporately and I mean individually. There are some conditions that we must be aware of and walk in. So one of those things that we need to be aware of is that we must radiate the presence of the Holy Spirit. This will require us to proactively cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit by spending time with him. You got to put in the time hosting his presence because it's when we radiate the presence of God People can't help but notice the difference in us, even if they can't articulate what it is. So in the book of Acts um, 4.13, and, and, and I'm going to read this. This is from the Amplified. It says, now when they saw the boldness and unfettered eloquence of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in the schools, um, they marveled. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, this was, you know, at the beginning when there was all this upheaval and they had grabbed Peter and John and they were getting ready to kind of throw them out the city and, and things like that. And, and, of course, they got up, Peter got up and he spoke. They recognized that they had, he had been with Jesus. People need to recognize that there's a presence in us. There's a difference in us. There is something in us that they want to tap into. One of my brothers my, in England came here. I think I might have shared this testimony. And I shared and I just talked with him. I mean, they knew I was saved and everything. And when he went back to England, he got saved. He said, I, I had this communication with you. And he said, what I saw coming out of you, he said, I wanted what you had. I wasn't, I couldn't quite, he couldn't quite articulate what it was. And he ended up getting married. I mean, uh, getting saved. He, yeah, getting married too because his marriage, there was like a, a, a riff coming with his marriage and all of that got turned around. But he got saved. And to this day, he still talks to me about that. We must be active participants in extravagant worship and not passive ex, uh, spectators. So when we are here in the morning, this is not a concert. And you think about it, concert goers, when they go, you look at the, the worldly concert goers, when they go to concerts, they are rowdy. They, are, they don't just sit in their chairs and just watch the, the performance. They don't do that. They don't just stand around and just do like this and observe. They are participating. How much more us who are in the house of God? I mean, this morning, that, that last song that was sung, oh my goodness, I was like, Lord, how could we stand still when you think and you hear about how faithful God has been? So we need to be 
active and participating in worship because we want, if you, especially if you have a wearer child, if you're dealing with health problems or family members that are dealing with health problems, if you're dealing with financial issues right now, that's when you need to worship the most. Do you hear me? When you are struggling, you need to worship the most. Because what it does is worship is bringing God on the scene. He's bringing him into your situation. You have to worship him. If you want him to come into your situation, you want to bring him on the scene, try worshiping him. I will say that from experience. I'm not going to go into every single situation that I've had, that I've had, but believe me, I start thanking God in advance for what I'm praying and believing for. I start praising God. And even now, like when I'm, I'm, if I drive by a laundromat, I said, Lord, thank you. Because I remember when I didn't have a washing machine and I was living in an apartment. When I hear my son laughing or he's strumming the guitar, I said, Lord, I thank you. Because I remember when I had to war on his behalf because the enemy was trying to take him because of, for, uh, take him out by untimely death. Worship, praise, and prayer brings God on the scene. So we need to be extravagant in our worship. You know, those people that go to concerts and stuff, they do all kinds of, they don't care. They're not embarrassed. That's one of the things I love about Eileen because Eileen would get up here. She doesn't care like how that she is in a certain age bracket. She is going to be up here praising We must demonstrate the power of God through miracles of healing, deliverance, and freedom. And this is what the word says. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the very bonds of the earth. That's in Acts 1.8. So the definition of power is the dunamis as you all have already heard. If you've been in church any long time, you have an understanding of dunamis, the power, and it means uh, it's from force. It means miraculous power, a miracle. It means ability, abundance, mightily, uh, strength, violence. So this is the type of power that God has given us when we receive the Holy Spirit. And so that Holy Spirit is in us, and that's what we need to demonstrate. We have the ability and the strength of the Holy Spirit is in us to demonstrate that power through the laying on of hands. Now you see what happened with Jill, that the power of the Holy Spirit was demonstrated, and she received healing by the laying on of hands. And so we should, that should not be an anomaly. That should be an expectation every time that someone says that they, they're being afflicted. And also bringing a word that brings emotional healing, a word that brings hope, a word that brings deliverance. That's the power of the spirit in us. We must be willing to put aside our agenda to give our undivided attention and prioritize God's agenda. And an example of this can be found in Luke 5, verse 1 to 7. In the interest of time, I'm not going to read the whole, um, the whole scripture. But in an essence, what it is that, you know, the disciples had been out all night. They had been fishing. Um, you know, they came in. They had not 
caught anything. So they're exhausted. They're washing their necks. They want to pull the boats up. But Jesus told them to push out. He spends time ministering to people. And then afterwards, he tells them to throw the net out. After they've already washed and cleaned it, he said, they said, throw it out. And it's in the middle of the day and, and the crowd is around and everything. It's not the, the environment, the timing was not right. But because Jesus said it, he said, yeah, I've, I've been out all night. I haven't caught anything, but because you said it, he put aside his agenda was probably to go home and take a nap because he was exhausted. But when he put aside his agenda and he deferred to Jesus's agenda, he got more than he could even ask or hope for. You just don't know. You, you, when you, I, my agenda a couple of weeks ago was to leave here, go home, and pack so, because I was flying to Charlotte for work. And then we were short, and you know all this stuff that was happening, all these people that needed prayer, people needed prophetic exhortation, and we had to split people. I had to step in, and I said, okay, who needs prophetic exhortation? Send them to this group. I will do the prayer. And I ended up leaving here later than I anticipated, but I had to put my agenda aside. And don't you know that that same night that there was an attack against my son, I had to take him to the emergency room. Now, I'm, I'm supposed to be flying out the next day to do a ceremony that no one in Charlotte, there's no one in Charlotte, really, I mean, we have staff there, but I'm the one that planned everything from Boston to go execute it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, but... The intercessors, I just, I put out an SOS call. I was at that hospital walking the floor and on the phone with my teammate, Tara, and we were praying and warring. I had to put aside my agenda, but you never know how God is going to move on your behalf when you put aside your agenda for his. We have to be willing to prioritize our, uh, his agenda for ours. We must be intentional and in loving others without reservation. God wants us to be deliberate and loving others. And so this is going to require for us to adopt that first Corinthians 13 model of love where it endures long and is patient and kind. Where it is not rude or unmannerly. So you have to be careful with your disposition. Like I'm someone who's kind of passionate and loud. So I have to be careful because sometimes I might be talking to someone and I'm passionate about something and it may, came off, may come off like abrasive. So I have to be aware of that. Um, I have to build relationships with people so that people know what my personality is so that I am not repelling individuals. Um, God's love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy and fretful. Sometimes you just got to let things go. It takes no account of the evil done. So if someone has done something to you, then you don't want to hold on to it, harbor bitterness, harbor offense, release it, let it go. It bears up onto anything and everything that comes. It doesn't fail. So you see, this is one of the reasons why God has given us the double in this year. Double grace to love the way he wants us to love. We must be willing to give extravagantly without reservation. And this does not only mean the giving of our finances, but our time. Of course, using with wisdom because people can suck you up. <laughs> 
but be willing to tithe your time, uh, your gifts, your talents, your resources. There's a double blessing that comes as a result of extravagant on reserve given. You know why? Because God will not allow you to outgive him. So when you sow, he, the word says, and, and 2 Corinthians 9 is a word that every time I would write a, a check for tithing, that's on the top. And the first thing it says is, he, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. So we need to be willing to give and to sow. And when, um, and when we do that, we will see, I've seen that. Like I, I declare this word all the time over my finances and I see it happening over and over again. Someone walked up to me a week ago and gave me a check and, and said, oh, this is for New Year's, thank you. Know, and, and I said, oh, thank you. I got home and that check was for $250. I was like, oh my gosh, what a blessing. And I started praying over that, praying for that person. But you know what? Further in the scripture, he said, he will supply seed to sow and bread to eat. So in praying for a hundredfold return to the giver of that, I was saying, Lord, I thank you for seed to sow because this offering, this gift was enough to sow and also seed to sow and bread to eat. So you can't outgive. Don't be holding back. You know, you want to be, and, and, and that's the thing that I learned, the thing that I observed, that when I sow into other people, I receive back. And I tell you, Pastor Verna, she models that exceptionally well. She models it with us and even Brother Jack. I mean, when we were serving and doing the School of Prophecy, Every, every school that we did, sure enough, afterwards he would show up with flowers and all kinds, I mean, he, because he appreciated the fact that we were coming alongside Pastor Verna to help her bring to fruition the vision that God had given her. So without reservation, live. The other thing is that we must live as a family in community, selflessly looking out for the needs of others. We must, I can't go expound on everything because we're running, you know, we're moving uh, as far as time is concerned. We must consistently give God our best at the highest level of excellence. Whatever you do, if you are standing at that door and you are greeting individuals that are coming in, you want to give the highest level of excellence in your serving. Because first of God, when you serve, whether it is if you're at the door, if you're making refreshments in the back, if you are helping to clean up whatever, whatever area you're called to serve in, first of God, what you need to do is see it as an honor to serve, an honor to partner with God, that this is a partnership that you are coming alongside God. You are coming alongside the Holy Spirit and you are partnering with him and what he wants to do in the kingdom. And so if that is standing at the door and greeting someone with an authentic smile, a heartfelt smile, because you don't know what that person is dealing with. You don't know how, how discouraged they might have been. You don't know what they're coming in with. And when you give a smile, 
while you don't know what that's doing. When I served in hospitality, we took a special care, not just to put food on a plate, but to, to fix it up so that it looked nice like we took the time to do it because we don't know if the person we serve in, if that was the only meal that they were going to have for the week. We took the time. Do everything and you're doing it. That's the worst is do everything to the honor and glory of God. Do it and you see yourself standing alongside Jesus, alongside the Holy Spirit, alongside the Father, partnering with him and what he wants to do. And we must get out of our comfort zone. This is the call to action. Get out of our comfort zone with boldness and declare who God is and demonstration of love and outreach to the unsaved. And you can say, well, you know, I'm elderly. I'm at home. I'm not, you know, I can't get out. Yeah, but you got grandkids. You could talk to them. You interact with different people. The mailman, like Mabel's on the phone dealing with, Comcast or whoever the next you know by the time she left that phone call getting her business straight now she had already released a word to the person no reservation no shame so that's what this looks like it looks like Nancy and Elizabeth going over to the mall and just prayer walking and looking for opportunities. It looks like the Jaywalk team that are looking like Pastor Greta shared this morning looking and the thing is that you think that people are going to resist you, but I have found that when I have done what we call treasure hunt, when you, when you hear God and he direct you to someone, they are willing to put, because we were used to be told, well, you know, make sure that you don't have to be like closing your eyes and don't, but you know what? We wouldn't do that, but the minute we mention prayer, people stretch their hands out, bow their heads, and close their eyes. And so you have to have that courage to do that, that willingness, that be responsive. Like Nance, the standing on the corner with a sign for over a year. And so that, the, the message on that sign is so impactful. She had to push through the voices that were telling her, oh, this is so stupid or whatever. She had to push through that. And the, I look forward to seeing Nance on Sunday to hear what is the latest testimony of somebody's life who has been impacted by her standing on the corner with a sign that the Lord directed her to do. So we have to get out of our comfort zone. And you, it doesn't necessarily, Pastor Verna gets up three or four o'clock in the morning. She is in her office. She is praying. She's praying for the bridge. She is praying for the leadership of the bridge. She is hearing, being in a place to hear, what does God have to say for the bridge for me to release? She is praying for us. She is praying and, and waiting and hearing from God for her family and other individuals. Like she spends, she's, she, yeah, she's been retired and she's in her 80s, but she is, is, is studying, she is teaching, but she's also still imparting and pouring into others. So we have no excuse. Now you can say, well, I got a busy job job I got so much going on well let me tell you I have a busy job I will get off the phone at 6.59 and 7.02. I am on the phone with Elizabeth on Monday nights. Monday night, I was exhausted. She said, well, do you want to just not, like, no. And I said, no, we are pressing through. We are pushing through. And we did that. And once we broke through and ascended the throne room, then it was on. It was on. Be and I had to push, I had every excuse, every rationale. I could have uh, succumbed to the flesh, but I had to say, no, girl, we are going in. Yeah. 
we are not, we are not holding back. We are pushing through. And that's what we did. And boy, did God meet us. And boy, was it powerful and impactful. No excuse. So we have entered into 2022. We made it through the narrow place. We made it through the pressing, the challenges, and the disappointment. But now we must follow through by responding to what we heard in 2021. Now, I've said this, so nobody here that is here or on the web has any excuse. You are responsible for everything that you hear once you hear it or see it. Like in my house, when you walk in my house, Donnelly will tell you every wall, all the way, the bathroom, the word. There's a word, a different word. I don't have to bring out the Bible or anything, but you've seen the word. So you all have heard, heard the word. The double portion is provided for the assignment we are called to in 2022. If we are not doing anything in 2022, if we are laying at ease in Zion, which is coming from Amos 6 verse 1, if we're laying at ease, if we're not doing anything, then there's no need for the double portion. So your double portion can be divided up among somebody else that is doing something. Because God is not going to waste. And you remember when the talents, he said, okay, you didn't do anything. Let me take yours and give it to somebody else. The word says, woe to those who are at ease in Zion and to those on the mountain of Samaria who are careless and feel secure. What we give out will be replenished. And if there's no depletion, there's no need for replenishment. See, you have to pour out in order to be replenished. And that looks different for every single person, regardless of age, status, socioeconomic status, regardless of whatever. It looks different for everyone. So the word tells us that many are called and few are chosen. I'm getting ready to close, uh, Jeremy. So we must decide whether we individually and corporately want to be part of the many or the few. You gotta make a decision for that. And no laying on of hands. I'm not gonna do an altar call to pray for you because no laying on of hands for that. It has to be a decision that you make from the heart. The few are those who have established a relationship with God and are constantly seeking to know his heart. They consider it an honor to partner with him and what he wants to do on the earth. And they're committed and determined to respond in obedience to what God is saying and doing. The few are those who are called to be equipped, prepared, commissioned, and sent out to do the work of ministry in their sphere of influence. And whatever that looks like for you, it's going to be different. Don't compare yourself. If you're a grandmother at home and you are watching over your grandkids, then that's what you do. If you are an at-home mom, you are preparing another generation. So you are doing the best that you can to parent your children, to impart the word and, and Christian values in them so that when they get to a certain level that they know right from wrong, you are preparing that next generation so however that looks if you want to be part of the few then you must arise position yourself to step into your authority step up to your place of leadership and responsibility 
and step out to where God is calling you to. So you want to step in, step up, step out. You must respond to the ability that God has placed in you. And the word says in in, um, Psalm 40, verse 6, he said, you have given me the capacity to hear and obey. So your responsibility is to be obedient. Respond to your ability. Obedience is an act of your will. It's a choice. So no laying on of hands can make you be obedient. No praying for you. We can pray for you to wear blue in the face, but if you do not make that decision from the heart, there's nothing that can be done. Nothing. So Father, I just thank you for this word. Let it be sealed. And God calls us to come to this place where we arise, this this call to action, God. I pray against stagnation. I pray against the resistance, Lord. And even as we, this word was being released and the spirit of conviction was coming, I pray against all that is coming against the flesh and the voices right now that would impede your children from being obedient to this word. God, I just thank you that, that, that the double grace that is on this house would empower us to be lifted up God and for us to step in and step up and step out and do what you're calling us to do and that we would do it with joy with the honor of knowing that we are partnering with you and what you want to do in the earth realm thank you Father for those of you who are joining us virtually if you need prayer for healing um, our team is um, standing by waiting for you and for those of you who are here, you can meet me. If you need prayer for healing, I am not going, I, 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 I mean, we're not supposed to refuse, as an intercessor, refuse people's prayer, but I am not going to pray for you to be obedient because that's a decision that you have to make. Sometimes I will pray for healing. You know why? Because the enemy has a way of bringing sickness upon us to impede us from stepping and doing what God has called us to do. And so I will pray against that. I'll pray against fear because that's another impediment to stepping out. So if you are struggling with fear and anxiety about stepping out, or if you are uh, uh, being attacked in your body or in your mind, well then meet me down front. Thank you for listening to this message from the Bridge Metro West in Natick, Massachusetts. Paul David Gidry is the senior pastor at the Bridge. For more information about the Bridge Metro West family, our gatherings and events, visit www.bridgemetrowest.com or call us at 508-651-0277.